Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all here for this um, uh, this next installment of our catechesis time. Um, I'll just do a brief little introduction to what we're what we're doing here, and then really going to be handing it over to uh, this team over here to to, to 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 deploy this vision or whatever it is that we're calling it. But I thought I might open it up with a word of prayer here for the local congregation that we have from the prayer book. So let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you govern all things in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear our prayers and grant that in this congregation of all souls. The pure word of God may be preached and the sacraments duly administered. Strengthen and confirm the faithful. Protect and guide the children. Visit and relieve the sick. Turn and soften the wicked. Arouse the careless. Recover the fallen. Restore the penitent. Remove all hindrances to the advancement of your truth. And bring us all to be of one heart and mind within your holy church. To the honor and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So I'm really grateful that the diocese required us to do this, this process of putting together a, a strategic plan or whatever as we're calling it. I know we don't, we don't totally love that phrase. It sounds very, very corporate. So I was calling it the plan of strategies or something like that, just to get away from that. But, um, but I think it's been a really, it was really a wonderful process to, to, to walk through, to, for the vestry and ministry leaders to walk through. And we'll hear a little bit more about that, I think, as well. And I suppose I just kind of wanted to uh, communicate like now that I am I'm the rector here I really see my role as as receiving this plan I, I didn't have myself a, a whole lot of input there's like a couple sentences maybe that I like contributed to this plan but really this this plan emerged up out of the ministry leaders out of the lay leadership out of the vestry and then the clergy with input as well and in some ways I feel really honored I mean and in some ways I feel really honored to to receive this work of the people and see this now as, in some ways, um, uh, something to guide me and, and to guide how I am thinking about guiding all souls into, into this uh, next season. And so, um, you know, this isn't the, the, the plan that Arcadi invented in the last, like, six weeks or something like that. This is the plan that Arcadi is receiving from all of you. And now I'm hopeful, or helpful, hopefully going to be helping us to, uh, to, to move into um, executing this plan in some sense. And then I also, uh, the other thing I, I keep trying to remind myself and have the vestry remind me too is that this is a three-year plan, not a three-month plan. And um, sometimes I sort of feel like, yeah, let's do it all by like Christmas. And um, so I, I need to slow down myself and, and, and the vestry needs to remind me of that as well because it does uh, take a bit of time, I think, to see a good plan like this come to fruition. And we're going to continue to revise, and I think actually having a sort of three-year horizon is a good thing to do on an ongoing basis. So hopefully this starts a process of us thinking about the future, thinking about where God is calling us to go, and how it is that we're going to, we're going to get there. So um, I'll turn it over to our senior warden, who moves in the next section. Well, I'm really excited about what we're going to share with you this morning. Um, I was just saying to Megan and Father James, this feels like a real milestone for us in our journey. Um, for the first time in the history of All Souls, we have a written roadmap for where we feel God is calling us. And this is a document that every ministry leader has contributed to. And it's something that every one of us can reference and participate in and join in and get behind. And it's also something that's holding, holding us all accountable. Um, as Father James mentioned, this was part of the rector's search process. The diocese required we submit a strategic plan, and at first it was kind of like, oh, my 
my gosh, what is a strategic plan and how are we going to do this and what does this mean? But we decided as a vestry, we wanted to use this as an opportunity uh, to really ask our ministry leaders to take some time to discern and really dream big about what God might be calling each of us to do. And what we received back blew us away. It was just amazing what, um, what we saw people dreaming and what we saw God calling our ministries to here uh, among ourselves and also in the community and even beyond. Um, so uh, Megan and Amanda took all the contributions of our ministry leaders. They looked for themes and common um, core values and um, they put it, it, it all together in a beautiful document uh, with uh, measurable goals and objectives and um, I'm just really excited for them to be able to share it and I'm also really glad that Father James was really excited and on board with this plan so um, that's the first thing I asked him in our meeting is well you want to change their strategic plan he was like absolutely not so um, yeah, good things are happening at All Souls. I'm really honored to be a part of it, and I can't wait for you guys to, to share in this. Well, thanks so much, Father James and Christy, for teeing this up. So, again, Megan Lynch, I think I know most of you. Amanda? Yep, I'm Amanda Brandamore. Hello. <laughs> also on the vestry, and uh, we were called, as Christy shared, to help compile the strategic plan and articulate our shared vision and purpose as an organization, as a church community. And uh, we're going to start today with a few just framing comments to help understand the process and the purpose behind the document. You heard a little bit, we'll get into that a little bit more detail. And then the next uh, portion of our time together, we'll be walking through the five priorities that emerged as part of the process. You'll see an outline, you, I think you should all have one in your hand, that just gives the highlights of the strategic plan. We will be sending out the full version, which is 11 pages in true All Souls fashion, right? <laughs> uh, very robust and a lot of detail. So I encourage you to read the full plan, take some time with it, come back to us with feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments as a congregation. And we'll leave some time today for some Q&A and for some discussion. But as we go along, if there are any questions that you have as we're, as we're talking, please feel free to, to stop us and we'll have that conversation as we go. Yes? Okay, it's already on the website. Look at that, Brad, good job. And we okay. have a few printed copies in the back as well. We do, so uh, you'll have an opportunity either today or, or tomorrow to read the whole plan. Um, and then I do wanna just comment on that word strategic because as we were talking about, I think it, it often kind of brings the sense of a corporate business-y business feel that might seem off-putting in a church context. But for us, we thought uh, as a vestry that it was a really great opportunity for us to pause and reflect after a few years of a lot of challenges as a church community, the pandemic, and sit and listen to where God is calling us in the next three years, and to really receive um, input from so many people. We talked about the ministry leaders who submitted those beautiful vision documents, but also from all of you. So we had opportunities through focus groups, through the parish survey, through input and conversations uh, with so many across the congregation who shared a lot of valuable insight that helped us put together the plan as well as outside uh, perspectives, like Canon Eldridge, who, who came in and helped provide some additional insights. So 
This document hopefully will reflect you, and I'm hoping, we all hope, that you will see yourself reflected here, whether directly as a ministry lead or as someone who has a, a defined role at, at the, uh, in the congregation and in service to the congregation. And if you don't yet have an opportunity to serve, we hope this will inspire you to see how you can fit in and how you can be part of our shared purpose together as a community. So uh, with that, I want to uh, just turn it over to uh, Amanda to share a little bit about the values that undergird the whole strategic plan. You'll see those actually outlined when you read the full document, but I think it's really important to start with those shared values and then build from there. So Amanda. Great. Um, yeah, so I'm, I will read the values out for you because I realize they're not on the outline. Um, I don't think. But um, I wanted to give you a little idea of where those values came from. These aren't values that Megan and I kind of came up with or the vestry came up with on their own. They're really distilled from um, several places. So the leadership team um, participated in a couple of retreats last year. Uh, the one that Megan mentioned with uh, Canon, is it Canon Eldridge? Yeah. Um, so we did some brainstorming then of um, really, I think at that point it was incoming vestry, outgoing vestry, um, clergy staff, um, really a good representation of the leadership, um, kind of brainstorming what, what makes All Souls All Souls, what do we value, what has been historically our value. Um, so that was one place. Another place um, I think was the Ruth Haley Barton retreat as well. Um, and that also had, I think, the search committee um, folks involved. Um, and then we've also, we took a look at the pair survey. So it really, these values are distilled from kind of every layer of all souls life. So um, I'll read those out for you. So our values that we identified, care for each other, receiving and giving grace, Anglican worship with a love of beauty and liturgy, open communication, conflict transformation, gathering as a community, both in celebration and mourning, service, inquiry and learning, nurturing our children and loving our neighbor. So we really wanted that, you know, that's part of the strategic plan format, but we also wanted to kind of start with that as a, as a frame for, for what the, the purpose of this um, strategic plan is. So I'll hand that back to you, Megan. Thank you, Amanda. And a, another thing I just want to note before we dive into the, the content is that in reflecting and rereading the plan, which was formally adopted by the vestry at the end of March as part of, that, uh, part of the rector search process, um, we've realized that we've already, as a community, accomplished a lot of the items, including hiring a rector who aligned with the vision for the church, and, and so much of what we'll discuss is already in progress. But this will really be the basis for us uh, on an annual basis, putting together our annual priorities. As Father James was sharing, we can't tackle everything at once. So we know we need to start uh, somewhere and then to continue to just reflect and measure our progress as we, as we continue. So the first of the priorities that emerged as part of reviewing all of those inputs that we talked about was really organizational structure and accountability. And of course, I think all of you can understand the importance of that for us as a, as a community. And I'm just going to read the priority as it's outlined in uh, the document you have in front of you, and then just share some of the highlights that you'll see when you read the full plan. So for us, it's about developing organizational structures that prioritize accountability, collaboration, and communication, and help strengthen our connection to the diocese and wider church. So within that area, we recognize that there are volunteer leaders and paid leaders at, uh, at All Souls, and we wanted to have 
clear organization and accountability for everyone so that all of us know what our role is and we have that mutual accountability and, uh, and again, can help hold each other uh, accountable to those um, priorities that we have as, an organ as a church. So for us, that included writing clear job descriptions. This is actually something we're in the, in the process of doing. Christy is leading that effort in collaboration with the ministry leaders and the vestry so that we know what we're all doing and contributing. And then creating a system for mutual accountability so that clergy, the rector, uh, the wardens will have an opportunity to sit down on an annual basis to, to talk about how things are going and to identify areas that we can work on together. Strengthening those lines of communications with our ministry leaders. And for us, that started with, with putting together really an organizational chart, which we didn't have uh, to start with. And that will be shared with the community um, pretty soon. I think we're, we're, we're getting really close to being done with that. So that it's really clear who the ministry leaders are and how it all works together. There are so many people, really all of you are, are involved in some way in the church community. And it's helpful to know how we're all connected and how it all ties into the greater vision. And also for vestry liaisons to be assigned to each ministry lead. So there's a real clear connection to what's happening at vestry, what's happening at the ministry level, um, and how that then ties to all the work all of us do on a weekly basis. We also, this is one of those areas where you can say check. We said we wanted to have a really clear letter of agreement with our new rector so that the rector's job responsibilities would be fully outlined and it would be clear to everyone uh, what that looked like, what a performance review process would look like as well. And then um, again, just making sure that we have clarity, and this is something we're working on, uh, with the diocesan process for reporting and responding to misconduct, for that to be posted in a clear, easy to find place on the website. So we're working with the diocese right now on that piece as well. So accountability is really important for us. Collaboration, we've welcomed and onboarded a new rector uh, for 2022. And of course, so grateful to have Father James who already knew our congregation so well coming into this role. We've been able to really jump in without having to start at the very beginning, which is just a wonderful opportunity and a blessing. As well as uh, for collaboration, that includes making sure that we're prioritizing planning further in advance. Six months out is the goal. And this actually came from Father James as part of the planning process so that we can make sure that we're, we're tying all of the pieces of our work together uh, so that it, it's coordinated in a way that, that makes a lot of sense for each of us. Uh, we are also talking about a church database to help make sure that we're streamlining these processes and communicating, tracking people and how um, how they're coming in the door and how they're getting engaged so that we have that clarity and transparency. And then two-way communication is a really important piece and I want to just applaud the search committee for all of the work that he did to help foster that two-way communication throughout the process. And that's the goal of the vestry is to continue that kind of open two-way communication so that it's not just us talking at but also understanding and listening and hearing from uh, people in the parish and really putting that into practice. Diocesan participation is also an area of opportunity we identified and uh, already lots of good work going on in this space, but uh, grateful for the way that Father James has, has really uh, taken this on and, and dived into building that relationship and uh, connection with the diocese. And then health and safety. So when we were writing this, uh, we were right in the middle of another surge, and so we, we uh, recognized the importance of putting safety and, and health as a priority, a continued priority for the organization, for the church community. 
and to make sure that we would have clear metrics in place for when we would need to mask, what we would need to do from a safety and protocol standpoint. So you'll see that when you look at the plan as well. So uh, with that, that is organization and accountability. Over to Amanda. I'll tap in. Okay. Um, so second theme that emerged, and I'm going to read this too because Megan and I actually took a lot of the language from um, our plan from the, the ministry leaders, um, like direct word for word. So I really love this language. So I'll read um, the second theme. So we want to refresh and restore the rhythms, interpersonal connections, and gatherings that bind us together and give us a sense of belonging. Um, so again, like, like Megan mentioned, this, is really, this was a snapshot in time in March, and a lot of um, what we outlined in this section has already happened because this one was really about restoring um, that sense of connection, that sense of belonging that was interrupted by COVID. Um, and I think Father James, we were just talking um, earlier how different things were even a year ago that we were still worshiping outside. And so much of this has already happened since March. So um, I'll just kind of highlight a few things there. Um, uh, yeah, and a lot of them we've checked off already. So that first, um, first key result was under, um, I, I think it says belonging on your outline. But that was really um, coming from the membership team. Um, and so the goal here was um, just the way that all of the souls who are part of the worshiping body feel like they have a sense of connection and a, and a role in the community. Um, we really also want to provide that avenue, make it, make it easier for people who are new to our community to find that sense of belonging and plug in as well. So um, some of the things mentioned here, um, having a hospitality and assimilation group, a group that's really focused on like you know, who's noticing who's coming in, who's new every week, um, and, and really making a plan to help them feel um, included. Um, one, another thing, considering creating a greeter role, right? A lot of us already greet people, but considering ways we can more formally make people feel welcome on Sunday morning. Um, and then also kind of considering membership classes, as that's also a way that in the past that we've um, provided a, a road to assimilation for people who are new to us. So um, that's kind of that first section under belonging. Um, care for souls is the next section. And I, I really love, um, actually, I'm just reminded going through this, what a privilege it was to read through these documents that the ministry leader submitted, because I think it was such a chance to reflect on the work that we're already doing so well in such a hard time. Um, and so this section for care for souls was really um, about affirming, um, I think this was a unique uniquely challenging season for care. There's a lot of opportunities for care. Um, and so just kind of supporting that care team, making sure they have the resources they need, training if they need it, um, kind of um, support of regular meetings and um, really just wanting to make sure, especially as the needs arise and the needs maybe their seasons of, of more needs, um, that we have more support in those seasons. So. Um, and also, I think as a piece of that, I think mental health has become such a theme um, in these last few years because it's, it's been so impacted um, by COVID, by a global pandemic. And so we also wanted to include in that, um, that that's, that's on our minds, that we're considering the mental health of parishioners as well. Um, so number three there, um, another way that we, that we feel connected and that we feel that we belong in the community is through our seasons for souls. Um, and obviously during COVID, we weren't able to gather in a lot of the ways that are meaningful for us. I know for me, like some of my favorite services of the year are some of those um, seasons feasts. Um, so I think a lot of those things we've already been able to get back to um, because of our, our wonderful Seasons for Souls team. Um, and then the, the next three really have to do with uh, the ways we gather um, on Sunday mornings in large groups. So the rhythms of worship um, and a lot of this 
I think this is also where Father James um, contributed as well, but um, kind of using that 2019 prayer book as, our, as the basis of our worship, um, being able to regularly come back together, consulting with, I think, actually that's, that's later, I'll get to that later, but um, yeah, so I think just getting back to regular rhythms of worship. Um, same thing with children's ministries and with youth ministries, obviously um, we've been able to get back to Sunday school since we've had catechesis, so the children's ministries has reinstated that. Um, and I think also, I don't know, um, I don't know how widely this is known yet, but one of the, the priorities was getting back to all three atria with our children, right? We've, I think we pride ourselves on our children's ministry and how we can tailor to lots of different age groups. And so um, most recently, I think we've had a, a surge of uh, volunteers and we're able to offer those three um, atria as well. So, um, and then lastly, youth ministries, I think um, we had a unique, we had, we had people um, coming together to form a youth, kind of like a grassroots youth leadership team um, in a season that we needed it, and that was so wonderful, and I think it served our needs. And also, in March, we were still really hoping for that, that youth minister to, to, to boost the youth ministry and bring it back. Um, so we're so thankful that we were able to get our youth ministry back up and running, that we can, that we can check that one off. That was a really big one. Um, okay, I think, whoops, I think that's mostly it for restoration and belonging. Um, so I'm going to shift to the third theme, um, which is community formation. And you might, when you look through the, the larger plan, there might seem like there's a lot of overlap here, and there really is. Um, um, but kind of to give you an idea of what the distinction is, number two was really about um, kind of restoring the connection that was already there, the ways we gather. And then number three, community formation is really about um, looking ahead, how do we form ourselves at every, at every age level across the lifespan. So um, I'll, I'll read that objective as well. So we would like to renew, re renew regular rhythms of personal and corporate spiritual formation and catechesis for adults, youth, and children so that every soul can continually be drawn closer to God and reflect his glory for the sake of others. Um, so under adult ministries, um, some of the things to highlight, um, I actually really love um, I love this language, so I'm going to read, read this here. But for adult ministries, the vision is to teach, pray for, and encourage adult attenders to embrace the grace of God and all his good gifts. Um, so part of that was reestablishing adult catechesis, um, which we're so thankful to be starting uh, next week. Um, other things to highlight, let's see here. Um, I know part of, part of this vision is the church library, and I know that um, there's a team kind of working on the vision for that, how to really incorporate it into the life of the church and have people utilize it, because um, we have such a, um, a wealth of, of volumes down there. So um, that's a little bit from the adult ministries. Youth ministries, um, I think during the season when we had kind of a bare bones youth staff, the goal was to kind of focus on the ways we could meet. Um, and so a lot of that was kind of small groups and mentoring relationships, and so the goal um, it's obviously going to take some time to rebuild that ministry. Um, and so to kind of continue to focus on those ways that um, our youth are being seen and known um, on, a regular, on a regular basis. Um, I don't know how I'm doing on time, so I'll just highlight this briefly. But, and then lastly, there's children's ministries there. So um, I think a lot of it is kind of reconvening, but also looking at um, different coordinating positions, because I think right now a lot of the coordinating for different ministries under children's ministries is being doing is being done by a lot of the same people so wanting to make that um feel like less of a i don't want to say a burden but less of a workload for one or two people 
um, and really opening that up um, and, and kind of allowing others to step up and lead in ways that they feel called as well. Um, I think that's all for number three. I'll hand it off to Megan. Thanks, Amanda. And again, I'm just, I'm filled with gratitude when I hear, uh, especially those two areas for us, so core to what we are and do as a community. And so many people, our clergy, Deacon Mary, Father Rob, Father James, Vestry Leadership, Christy, so many people who were, were really involved in uh, getting us through a really challenging time. And then to see how we're, we're able to dream a little bit about what we can do in the next few years together is, is really inspiring. So our next area, uh, was is, is accessibility and inclusion. And again, I'll just read the objective. So for us, that's creating a church environment that fosters accessibility and inclusion for all ages, abilities, and backgrounds. And this theme emerged everywhere <laughs> in what we, we read uh, in terms of all of the inputs we discussed. It, it was not just focused on facility or even f uh, focused on one specific group of people within the church, but really was meant to be broad and to include everybody, like that word inclusion um, references. And so for us, we had three key areas where that came up. For facilities, uh, we know as, an, as a community this has been an important area for exploration for us. And it continues to be a priority for the vestry. We know there's a lot of work to do to make our space more accessible, more user-friendly for people with disabilities or mobility issues, but also just for our children who are in such a tight space downstairs. So we started with a focus on looking at an elevator and how we could responsibly add an elevator to our space. Now we're looking, kind of taking a step back and looking more holistically at what inclusion might look like in our in our church buildings. So it might take a little bit longer, but I think that effort, and I know uh, there's a group of, uh, a team of people in the congregation who are working on this issue, I think it will result in a space that will be uh, much more user-friendly for all of us. And again, at, with our focus on beauty and the Anglican tradition, really doing all of that in line with our focus on creating a beautiful space for worship. And again, also focusing on using the undercroft in a, a kind of more creative way that, that allows us to fulfill the other priorities that we outlined in our plan. Programs is the next area from an inclusion and accessibility standpoint. And uh, it's been exciting to see God call new volunteer leaders. I'll just give a shout out to Karis Wood, who has taken on the lead of the Through the Roof Ministry, which is focused under care as um, an opportunity to identify the needs for adults and children in our congregation who might have visible or invisible disabilities or other needs that make it difficult for them to participate in the life of the church community. You know, Kirst is working with a team of people who are really skilled and gifted in, in incredible ways in our community to help work through those needs and identify solutions, and that's already uh, been off to a wonderful start. It's been going on for a while, but again, refreshing this through the roof um, ministry and, and really giving it new life. And um, in addition, we talked about as a church uh, how worship can be more inclusive and accessible. We know that not everyone can come in person, that COVID can be a barrier. So we're working through that and what it looks like to offer the, the digital uh, virtual opportunity to participate and how we'll, we'll continue um, that kind of access over time. So accessibility and inclusion is a big area for us that we're continuing to work on. And then, finally, we get to end it with, um, really this is 
the last theme is a tribute to our souls on mission, which I think is such a beautiful um, aspect of our church life together that's already doing a lot of beautiful things. So um, I will read kind of the the objective for this one as well. Um, so for missions and service to wider community, we want to equip and support parishioners of all souls to act as shalom sanctuaries in the wider Wheaton community and around the world. Um, and, and really, the as you'll see kind of the different key results. Um, the goal is to kind of basically just name the ways that we already um, look at the needs kind of in, in cascading spheres, right? The individuals in our community, um, and then looking out into the Wheaton community at large, and then looking you know, across the country and across the world. Um, so the goal here is just to kind of continue to provide the prayer support, the financial support, and the volunteer support um, for each of those partnerships that we already have, um, and to also have our eyes open for ways that we could be um, serving and partnering um, in areas that we aren't already. So um, that first one, individual needs, right? Being able to provide financial, material, and spiritual assistance um, to people in our midst who worship with us. Um, then there's those local community organizations that we already partner with, like Exodus World Service, the Neighborhood Food Pantries, um, Outreach Community, Safe Families, um, and the Student Excellence Foundation. Um, and then we have our overseas missions. We partner with Kenya Children's Fund. Um, we support Roy Stiff with Crew. And then um, we also support Galen Dalrymple with Medical Ambassadors International. So just continuing um, to support and partner with, with those ministers. Um, and then number four was kind of one of the more aspirational ones to consider um, how else can we be partnering. And so there's a, this piece of this theme of bridge building and evangelism. Um, so being able to foster evangelism as well as loving and respectful conversation across ideological, theological, and political lines. Um, and really just seeing in what ways can we partner with other believers um, not necessarily even at All Souls, um, but other, other churches seeing ways that we can partner and, and kind of foster those connections um, across churches and across worshiping bodies. Um, I think that is it, and I'm not sure, Megan, if you have. Yeah, so we have, I think we've got about 10, 15 minutes left, and so we want to make sure there's plenty of time for discussion, for Q&A. Can I follow Yeah, go ahead. Is that all right? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Before Q, before Q&A, I just, um, um, one, one way as I'm receiving this and maybe kind of leading us into this is trying to think about like what to tackle and how to tackle it and, and what have you. So I, I was prior, I was thinking about prioritization. This is kind of like, you know, valuing things and which one's more valuable and whatnot. I didn't really like that kind of, because everything seemed kind of valuable. So I was at this clergy retreat just this week, which I'll mention later on, and I was talking with the rector of a, a, a larger parish, whatever, and kind of talking about some of these struggles. And he used the phrase sequencing, which I really liked. So it was not like a prioritization. It's like, well, what's the, what makes the most sense in terms of how we get this going? Going here, what's the sequence or the order of operation to use like math language uh, for uh, for how we execute sort of this, this plan here? And 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 like immediately when I kind of came on here um, a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like the best sequence uh, was to restart or, or, or get going some of those things we'd already been doing but had kind of like lagged. So for instance, youth ministry and some of the stuff with children and uh, catechesis for, for adults here. These are things that were core to all souls, but because of COVID and whatnot, had kind of like you know. Uh, hadn't been as uh, uh, hadn't been as present. So, so first kind of um, sequence was trying to get those things going that that we'd already been doing, but had kind of stopped. Um, the second order or the second sort of sequence, I think that I thought was important, was trying to do some of those things that are essential. 
to uh, a flourishing parish, but we hadn't done. I think this is where some of the accountability and the review structures and um, uh, those kinds of things are at the forefront of kind of my mind in terms of how we go about the next sequence. And then, and then what comes is, I think what we see mostly in this kind of last category here is like, what are the new things that we ought to be doing as a parish? What are new things that God is calling us to do, especially in terms of mission and outreach and evangelism? And that might need to come following a sequence of sort of stabilization that we seem to be uh, engaging in right now and probably in the coming months, maybe even in the coming year. So that's kind of how I'm thinking a little bit about how we, how, we, uh, how we go about executing some of the aspects of the strategic plan. So I wanted to share that before you guys jump into Q&A. Thank you. I think that was a really important point. And I do want to note that this is not just Amanda and I answering questions. Uh, we, we have a lot of ministry leaders in the room. Actually, if you're a ministry leader, would you just raise your hand, please? I want to acknowledge you. Yes. Thank you all who, who are involved and who submitted uh, to participate in this plan. Clergy in the room, vestry. So if we don't know the answer, we want to make sure that we're involving all of you all. So any questions, comments, thoughts? Sure. Sarah, did you want to? No. Yeah, I don't have the answer. I Thank you, yes. I love that. And I, I do really think that it was such a wise request of us as a church community to go through this process and to really dream and listen to God's calling as part of finding a rector so that we could make sure that the rector we found would be in line with what we were looking to do as an organization, as a community. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, the focus groups are a big piece. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for calling that out. I'll just say too, I, I appreciate that, Rich, because I think it is a lot of work, and I think that's why it was such a joy, is because so many people were involved. It was, it was truly, it wasn't too much of a burden for any one person because we were all um, mm -hmm. joining in together. So it was really beautiful collaboration. Yeah, Sarah. Mm. Thank you. I like that point because it, it should be an invitation for all of us, just providing some clarity and shared purpose for us to see where we can fit in and be part of something bigger. Yeah, I love that. Yes. I'm just grateful that we were at a place where we can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is a really good question. And I'll just maybe, you want to start, Chrissy? Yeah, that would be great. Um, I think our CNN Ministries um, has been growing and it's becoming more and more robust. And um, that is a very important mental health piece. And also we do have, uh, we have consulted professionals over the past couple of years. We have some open relationships we can access if we need to again. And um, as far as how we'll identify needs going forward, and that's, that's maybe an open question that will, uh, we depend on team to identify a lot of these needs, honestly, our clergy. So I, I'd say that's a good starting point. If I can add to that, we, we set up um, bi-monthly or quadruple meeting with the care team and the clergy to do back and forth. And we um, tracking programs that we were talking about, not that we're tracking anybody where they're going or whatever, but um, having a big church database where we can um, identify needs and hold them in really high level Sure that we're not, there's no issue with each other. 
Yeah, and thank you for those answers. And, and zooming out uh, in terms of how we prioritize on an annual basis, this is a great opportunity for the vestry and church leadership to come together and, and prioritize, sequence, and then to match the budget that we're preparing for the following year with those priorities and in conversation with the ministry leaders to see. Um, and so as we're approaching stewardship season, I think it's just important to know that we'll want to uh, make sure that what we're prioritizing and planning for next year, and we're, we're hearing God's call and we want to, to do as a, as a community, is uh, financially planned for. So we'll be talking more about that over time. Great questions. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned priorities, and you know, it's uh, I think, uh, quite a list. For sustainability purposes, we didn't print off one for everyone, but like like I said, you will be getting the link in an email, so stay tuned for more. So thank you all so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.